is Jared, the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. He's the GM, Floyd Reese. Predators game day in 15 minutes. And, of course, Predators tonight against Detroit. That game starts at 6.30. So, Jared and the GM are out of here for pregame at 5.30, Floyd. Detroit's always weird how they do that earlier start, and I don't know why, and so on and so forth. I I think some of that has to do with time change and all that other junk, but I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, with with the time change and whatnot. I mean, I think they. I, I think, isn't Detroit one of those places that goes like a, not an hour but goes a half hour, or something? I don't think anybody can. I don't think you can do that. Well, I think your state you can do whatever you want. Because there's some. Oh, like in Michigan they can do whatever. They, like Arizona doesn't change time. I yeah, not, not everybody changes time. Which is how it should be. I don't think Indi- I don't think uh, Indiana changes time. I don't know why I say that. I mean, I'd root for us to not change. I mean, it's dark outside right now. We get, What's the point of going home? It's dark. Uh, I don't like this. I don't yeah, either. I, don't, I, don't I like know. when we go outside when it's light outside, but that is what it is. And I, I was thankful for the extra hour on a Saturday in California. I got that extra hour back because it was a, a long night, Saturday night. And what I thought was the mountains of California is apparently the hills of California. Hills, yes. Mountains, yeah. Yes. So it is time for Floyd's three things. The three things he liked, the three things he did not like from Sunday's game against the Panthers. We start with the first thing the GM liked. Number one. Uh, I think the first, and and when you start looking for things to like, I mean, this was a f- difficult task. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I, Tannehill, I like to play at Tannehill. I thought in the first half, he was maybe the only real offensive player that was playing and and he was unable to get production because we were struggling to catch the ball but uh but i think he's come in i think once again in a in an awful losing effort i mean he ends up with with over 300 yards you know passing and again 400 yards offense so uh, my first one would be Tannehill. i will say this about Tannehill. i tweeted this out Yesterday, I early in the game, I said, it feels like he's getting marcus where everybody around him is making the quarterback's job infinitely harder to succeed. Yeah. And I was like, let's see if Tannehill, yeah, yeah, let's see if Tannehill can overcome it. And obviously he couldn't. But this goes back to, you know, this is why it took so long to evaluate Marcus. Because every game you could say, hey, is it his fault that the ball hit the guy in the hands and it went in the air and it got intercepted? And that's, you know, what happened to Tannehill yesterday. And Tannehill... Doggone, he almost was able to kind of overcome it at a certain point, but is what it is. Second thing you liked. Number two. Uh, second thing for me was the play of Landry. Landry was good. I, I thought, you know, we were we were talking a couple of weeks ago, and we said, you know, yeah, we see his sack numbers, and we know he's getting pressure, but we're not getting any big plays out of him. Um, you know, and yesterday, I think, I want to say he got an interception, he got a sack, and he got three tackles for a loss. So I mean that's that's a pretty good day's work. I don't care who you are, and and again in an effort that was was a struggle for the most part. So I, I thought Landry had a, a good game, played well, is continuing to improve. I like Landry. I mean the interception was nice. Still would like to see a little bit more big plays from him, but I thought Landry had a great game. And Vrabel was asked something about that. You know, was this Landry's best game or something? And Vrabel got all mad. Because Vrabel was like, well, I would hope that no one thinks it's their best game the way we played. Last thing I want is someone walking in here saying, I did my job. 
So hope so. Rabel got all mad about that or whatever. But I mean, let's be real. Landry played great. Number three. Third thing for me, and and this sounds kind of ridiculous when you got your butt kicked the way we did, but again, the red zone, both on offense and defense. I mean, we got down in the red zone and and scored every time down there, and the defense, uh, for the most part, I mean, this could have been a real runaway if we weren't able to f- to hold them to field goals, you know, however many times we did. So, um, you know, I think I think we were two for two in the red zone, and I think they were like one for three or something. I mean, the biggest plays so, that hurt the Titans weren't in the red zone. I mean, I know there was the one fourth and two to McCaffrey, but like that's going to happen in the NFL. The big plays that killed the Titans, the ball to Moore, where he caught the ball at the one-yard line, that wasn't in the red zone. I think they were throwing from like the 40-yard line. Yeah, they were so, all out there. Yeah, the, the McCaffrey, the 55-yard run, that obviously wasn't in the red zone. The fake punt was not in the red zone. And you missing kicks was not in the red zone. I mean, the red zone, you you played well. It's just you didn't play well outside the 20s, and that happened to be what absolutely annihilated you. Three down, three things you did not like. Number one. The first thing for me was, um, you know, we if you make a list of things, and I'm not always big on stats and what, but you make a list of things that you have to have to win a football game, and we really didn't get any of them. So it's just from a momentum effectiveness standpoint, there's it's no secret that we lost this game. You got eleven penalties, three turnovers. You got killed, especially in the first half with time of possession. We could not catch the ball, and we were not good on third down. So. You know, you say, okay, all the things you need to do to keep drives going, to hold on to the ball, to keep it out of McCaffrey's hands, to do all, we did none of that. And the turnovers and the penalties alone are enough to cost you virtually every game you're going to play. I don't care who the opponent is. When you throw in all that other stuff, I mean, you just, you don't, you don't give yourself a chance to win. As a GM, when a game like that happens with all of those things happening at one time, what do you do? That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you can't. It's overwhelming, you know. Like you're and, on the and plane again, and you want to yell at probably everybody, but you can't. Yeah, I mean, what do you? And, and and the part that's even more frustrating for me is that's not who we are. I mean, we have not been a highly penalized team. We have not been a turnover team. You know, we've been able to do some of these things. We For the last couple of weeks, we've been able to catch the ball. We've been good on third downs. And so you say, okay, you know, you're you're thinking, you're hoping, you're praying that maybe you're past that. And then you turn around and you have a game like this and you go, what, what is it? Where did that come from? You know, there's absolutely no reason for it. But there it is. The second thing you didn't like. Number two. Second thing, I mean, I, I didn't like the special teams performance. Uh, you know, we missed a field goal, missed several field goals. Uh, we had the fake that even though it didn't fool us, you know, we sh- that should have been a stop. We had him in a position two yards short where it could have been a stop and a momentum changer in the game. And we just let him turn it into a rugby scrum and get it. Um, you know, the returns weren't good. I mean, we fair catch a ball on the five-yard line. I mean, just... Just all of these little things that that seem to mount up when you're struggling, uh, and you need you know these areas to be mistake proof. You know they have to be perfect. 
for you to go out and and have a chance to win some of these these uh, tough games. So are you on the bandwagon with me to do something about the special teams coach? No. <laughs> but I'm not I mean the special teams are awful. I mean there's no doubt about that. So you have special teams. You said uh, the second thing you didn't like was the special teams. When this season have you liked the special teams? Special teams has been a train wreck this year for the Titans. Well, no. I mean, we've got a punter, and we had a kicker till he got hurt. I mean, I think those are two areas you look at and you say, okay, you know, I feel pretty good about that. We led the, the NFL. positions that you don't coach. We led the NFL in kick returns last, last season, year. and they cut that guy. Yeah, and he's gone. But, I mean, you still led the the NFL in kick returns. And, uh, and this year, none of that has happened. I mean, we got nothing. So. And uh, finally, the third thing you didn't like. Number three. Yeah, the third thing for me was we, we talked all last week, all last week, about for us to have a chance to win this game, we had to be able to to eliminate the running back and the tight end, and we were unable to do either. And, uh, and you know, if, if you know what you need to do to win, and – you think you've got the people that can do it. When you go out and give it up the way we did to both of those positions, I think it's, you know, uh, it, it kind of matches the day. You know, you don't know if it's a lack of focus. You don't know if it's, you know, we said you had to tackle. Is it a lack of tackling? Is it now part of it is zone? You know, we were playing zone coverages. And we are not a good zone cover team. Horrible zone team. And the t- every time we do, the tight ends seem to just eat us up. So Olson had a had another good day, and you know that's that's going to constantly be a struggle for us. Why is a team with such a good secondary so bad in zone? Is it because the pass rush is so bad if they don't send extra guys? No, it, it, pass rush is the biggest element because you're not able to to you know put pressure on the quarterback, force the ball. The theory is you're going to play zone, you're going to play deep enough, and the pressure is going to be good enough that the ball comes out quickly, they throw a check down, you run up and tackle them, and that's the end of it. But what's happening to us is they're, you know, we're not able to put great pressure on them, so the quarterback stands back there with the ball and now looks at all these routes down the field, and there are holes in zones. I don't care what zone you're playing. And and the receivers just find these holes, and then these quarterbacks zip it in. That's the end of it, you know. Floyd's three things, three things he liked, three things he did not like. Predators have dropped two in a row. That is not – that is kind of concerning. They had the big lead on Calgary on Thanksgiving. They dropped that game – of Thanksgiving uh, – on Halloween. And then they lost Saturday to the Rangers. Two in a row for the Preds. They got to get back and going. They play Detroit tonight. Predators game day is next here on Jared and the GM speaking. Jared and the GM live from the wholesaling studio powered by RumbleOn.com. Speaking of the Predators, did you know that Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is a proud sponsor of the Nashville Predators? That's right. I absolutely love Hiller. They take great care of my home, and they'll take great care of yours as well. What happens this time of year? It's cold outside. I've even got my jacket on inside today, but it's cold outside. You want to make sure your heating is up to snuff. Schedule a tune-up. Go online, happyhiller.com, and Hiller will go and take a look at your HVAC unit. And if there's an issue, 
They'll give you the best price possible. Why? Because Hiller offers true transparency pricing. That's right. True transparency pricing. That's the name of the game with Hiller. That's why they have a 4.8 out of 5-star rating on over 15,000 online reviews. Again, that's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They are proud supporters of the Nashville Predators and of the Tennessee Volunteers, and they take great care of my home. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Call the Happy Face Truck today. From the wholesaling studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's game day in Smashville. Brought to you by TJ Anderson Homes and Geno's East. What are Peter Laviolette's keys to the game? Who will be in and out of the lineup? It's time to break it all down on Jared and the GM on your flagship home of Smashville. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Predators Game Day is presented by TJ Anderson Homes. Your road to Nashville real estate starts at TJAndersonHomes.com and Geno's East. Get a historic slice of Chicago deep dish tradition before or after the game. Geno's East on the corner of 3rd and Korean Veterans Boulevard. Info at Geno's East. Dot com backslash Nashville. The Predators come in tonight against the Detroit Red Wings. Thick 6.30 start right here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. The Predators are 8-4-2. That's good for 18 points, although they're only 2-2 two and two on the road. Meanwhile, Detroit is 4-10-1, nine points on the year. Two of those came against the Predators at Bridgestone Arena in game number two of the season. Detroit at home is 2-6-0. Oh. Floyd Reese, the Predators... I mean, what's going on with the Preds? They've lost two in a row. We were feeling great about them when we talked to Crispy last Thursday. And next thing you know, we're feeling terrible. Yeah, we were we were feeling great. And then um, we had that one game snatched away from us, which I think hurt more than anything else. You know, you, you're ahead 4-1. to one, You think it's going to be easy pickings. And next thing you know, you, know, you end up losing it. Uh, uh, but then... You know, the last one was a two to one kind of game, which is, you know, almost takes you back to where we were before, where you're saying, okay, we're, you know, we're not going to give you any uh, chance to score much, but we're probably not going to score either. So, uh, you know, it's, it, I think it's still a matter of putting it all together. We're, we're still, you know, this is, this is still a little bit new to everybody. Time to take a look at the, t- at the coach's take presented, of course, by TJ Anderson Holmes. Be sure to check out all the new tools that are available, market trends, property alerts, local info, and trends at tjandersonhomes.com online. Peter Laviolette talks about those two losses. I think every game is different. It would be hard just to paint a brush over a win or a loss or even the difference between the two games where we didn't play well in the third period two games ago. So last game was a tight check-in game. Uh, We didn't capitalize on the chances that we had um, we get behind two goals and we needed to needed to catch up in that game and we couldn't get it done so um, every game's a little bit different I think just some consistency and the way we play the game hasn't been too bad but uh, there's obviously room for improvement in different areas is it not surprising that Philip Forsberg has come back and the predators that were steamrolling everybody all of a sudden have slowed up a little bit what, 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 what we, is that what do we make of that I mean like everybody's scoring across every line in comes Forsberg you think it's going to be even better yeah and they're all one and one I don't know I don't know what that is that's kind of shocking to be honest so uh, they'll they'll get it fixed uh, I mean, he's, he's trying to wonder what the deal is on all of that yeah he's he you know he's a positive influence I mean he's going to do nothing but come in and play great oh yeah no I don't so. think Forsberg's the problem I just you know 
Arvidsson scores. He's the one guy who does score. Uh, but I'm still trying to. I think he was the one that got the the one score of the last game, wasn't it? Wasn't that Irving? Yeah, Arvidsson had yeah. the one goal. Uh, by the way, according to Adam Vingan earlier today, the Predators did not do any line rushes during morning skate. Huh. So they're basically keeping it a secret as to who's going to play where or what they're going to do or anything like that. So is that a surprise? Peter's going to try to surprise people, I guess, with what they may do with the lines. Maybe the Jofa line's back together. Maybe that Turris, Granlin, and Duchesne line is your second. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know how much surprising you can do in hockey, but but maybe you can. Well, I, I mean, if he puts know. the Jofa line back together, and then because, again, Turris, Granlin, and Duchesne were having success. So maybe Peter thinks, hey, I'll put the Jofa line back together, get Forsberg rocking and rolling, and then after that, uh, you know, maybe... Maybe that'll be what gets everybody huh. back to what I, I don't know. With Laviolette, I don't know. You never know what he's going to do with the lines. I mean, remember that one day that he just randomly decided to put Scott Hartnell in in a playoff yeah, game, and yeah. we were like, what the hell's going on here? I mean, like, yeah. he does that, and it worked out well. Uh, the only apparent line change, according to Adam Vingan from The Athletic, who is in Detroit, is that Yannick Weber will be back in the mix for Matt Irwin. Mm. I mean, this just feels like Titans offensive linemen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Hamus, Weather, Irwin. Yeah, I mean, we've seen them all. <laughs> they used to put Tony Potato in there. They realized he stinks. He's not in there. I mean, they, the, the, you know, it's the, the Predators have tried every, you know, they've tried everything they can with that third pair. And uh, and this is what we're we're looking at right here. Meanwhile, time to take a look at the standings. Of course, as the Predators play in the NHL Central Division, and the standings are starting. You're starting to see a little bit of a, you know, we're getting close to U.S. Thanksgiving, and that is the line of demarcation. Although last year, the uh, St. Louis Blues proved that that doesn't really mean much, and the Blues are in first place with 21 points. Predators and Avalanche tied for second with 18. Winnipeg is creeping up, 16, only two points behind the Predators uh, with a game in hand. Or excuse me, the Preds have a game in hand. Dallas, 15, with Preds with two games in hand. Chicago, 11, and Minnesota down towards the bottom at 9. Starting to bunch up a little bit there. Well, it's starting to, to yeah. maybe think about. A happy birthday, by the way, is in order on Predators game day as Pecorine turned 37 years old on Sunday and he does not look 37. I'm going to assume Rene starts today because Soros played Saturday. So Pekka will probably go today, and I would guess probably Thursday since you've got two days off in between. But at 37 years old, Pekka Rene does not look bad. And I'll say this now. he does. I, I have no idea about his personal life, but just watching him do things, I'll bet he does a great job of taking care of himself. You know, I'll bet he's very conscientious about all that. Pekka Rene's 7-0-2 mark to start the season. Set the franchise record for the longest point streak by a goalie to begin a year, breaking Tomas Vokun's mark, which was 7-0-1, set in 2006-2007. Wow. So we're talking about when I was in high school. And Peck is 37 years old and is starting to break little records here and there. Tonight, 6-30, right here on ESPN 1025 The Game. The Predators with their old rivals. Now in the Eastern Conference, the Detroit Red Wings at Little Caesars Arena. The voice of the National Predators, Pete Weber, will be on the call. Floyd Reese, what are we watching for? You know, I, I think uh, I'm looking to make sure we get back to where we were trying to be. I mean, I, I in spite of, of winning or losing, 
let's face it, you watch a seven to six game, it's a lot more exciting than a two to one game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it just is. And so uh and and it looked like we were headed in that direction for a long time. And I think to compete with some of these big time hockey, you know, the the teams we have yet to play, we're gonna have to be good at that. So I would say let's give back to scoring a bunch of goals here. I am so with you. I mean, I am so with you. Let's put about four or five up there on the board tonight. Get a good feel. I want to see what Peter does with the lines tonight, but I just think the Predators have got to get back to playing complete games, and I think you're going to see the energy from having lost two in a row, and they probably didn't like the way they lost to Detroit in the uh, second game of the year, so I think we're going to see kind of a, a combination of all of that working together, so on and so forth. That's going to do it for us. Predators and Red Wings tonight right here, 6.30 on ESPN 1025. The game Predators pregame, of course, will kick things off. And then the voice of the National Predators, Pete Weber and Hal Gill, will have the call. Jared and the GM are out of here. Preds pregame is next.